0: Um, So we both got COVID not at the same time because that would just been too convenient.
1: So we have not recorded in a long time.
0: It's probably been it's honestly probably been almost a month. I got hit after the boo Halloween festival in Seattle. Not surprising. All of Seattle was there. Most of that in skin to skin contact with me. So Totally not surprised and 1,000% worth it. No regrets. I have no idea where I got mine. (laughs) and and we were talking about it we were talking about it earlier but like when we took our they're not pcr tests they're like the rapid tests i've been taking rapid tests for i guess years now how long has it been at least a year we've been taking these rapid tests right and never once did i ever see anything happen and i was always like hyper vigilant i was like watching it and i was looking for that second line to show up there just in case And like sometimes there was a little hint of a line and i was like oh is that a thing i was like no 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 it's fine it's fine this time I woke up in the morning, my head was hurting, like my head has not hurt in decades. I took my COVID test, and that second line showed up in like 30 seconds and it was solid. solid red. Oh, yeah, when I took my COVID test,
1: uh, about a week and a half later, oh yeah, when, yeah, yeah, once again, we, we, we didn't get it at the same time. I look at it and not only was it like red but I am pretty sure the viral load that I had was entering its industrial revolution. Like I think they were like learning the like steam power. Um, they were developing a class system. Like I, it, it was a full
0: blown civilization inside me of COVID. The way that my head was hurting um, those first two days, they were definitely in the iron age and there was like blacksmiths doing work in there. It was, uh, it wasn't fun. I did lose my sense of taste. <laughs> did you lose your sense of taste? I actually did not. That was probably the worst, honestly, the worst part. I mean, I spent 2 days feeling like crap, but after the 2 days, I just kind of felt like I was regular sick and then I ate a Whopper. It's the first time that I paid that I noticed like the texture of the Whopper as I ate it because there was no taste. And and how I gotta ask. How, it how wasn't was great. It? it wasn't great. Like oh, no. I, I took a bite of that Whopper <laughs> expecting awesome Whopperness, but instead, it was a little bit lackluster. Now that doesn't mean uh, we won't accept uh, any sort of sponsorships offered by BK or the King himself. I eat a lot of Burger King, so if you want to hit us up, BK. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it it
1: would have been better for our timing if we had got COVID at the same time. Or if one of us got COVID. But no, Daniel got COVID. And then, like, a week and a half later, I got COVID. Of course, like, we. 14 days of isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And then stacked.
0: Yeah. Stacked in such a way where it lasted an entire month. And then uh, what was even worse is I was uh, going through a move. Uh, The lease of the place that I was at was up at the end of November. And so we spent most of November getting ready to make this move up to some property up in Belfair. Uh, I'm I'm homesteader now. It's an interesting life to lead. Um, We'll probably do a whole, maybe do a whole episode on that homestead in life. I'm very concerned about how much power my lights take. Which is not something that I've ever had to be concerned about before. Yep, and and you were talking about water usage as well. Like, yeah, water usage. Like, I'm on I'm on internal tanks. It's like being in a space station. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you, you you
1: sound like you're complaining, but I I have, just the look on your face says
0: this is the life that you were meant to lead. Look up uh, like a YouTube clip of Bruce Willis's apartment from The Fifth Element. Like, that's my dream house. It's my dream house right there. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like a tiny home with extra steps yeah well it's got that like the fridge and the shower that like go up and down any sort of like elevators I'm for I think, I think in my final house though I've decided that I want um, some sort of spiral staircase it doesn't have to go anywhere you just have to be able to see it from the floor I have no opinion. Just kidding. I have too many opinions. Wait, you know what? I actually do have something to say about that. You did it again. Proceed. I have an idea about that. Here okay, was. I, here's what I was thinking. You know what? I, I saw something the other day.
1: Welcome to I have something to say about that. Greetings, uh, folks. It has been a hot minute. Yeah, it a uh, podcast of two dudes talking about nerd stuff on the internet, uh coming back at you since November.
0: <laughs> we we are here. Uh it's been like I said, we had we both had a lot of stuff going on um last month, so we do apologize. Um, we know that all of our uh, fan base was like foaming at the mouth for that next episode. <laughs> like they were they like were literally like like calling us and like messaging us on Instagram. Like we had to block some people. They were so aggressive yeah, about yeah, when we, we were the like, next Daryl <laughs> bro like dude we're working on it okay we got COVID. okay um well, it's good to be back as always thank thank you for for listening uh we we really appreciate it yeah and if you're picking this back up like
1: no time has passed at all you are truly appreciated that's right that's right so besides having COVID, what else has happened this this past month there's
0: been a few things So the thing that I was probably, like, the most excited about uh, was my Vegas trip. It was awesome. I had way too much fun, spent way too much money. If you would like more information about what happened, you should have been there. There's a saying in everything about how that works.
1: Oh, what happens in Vegas? Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So second amazing thing, Artemis finally launched. (laughs) Well, didn't okay so it didn't just launch finally well at <laughs> it, the, at the time of this recording was it today or yesterday that it splashed down <laughs> i think it was yesterday
1: that it splashed down. so not only did it launch it long completed mission its mission <laughs> and returned
0: to earth <laughs> So this is big news, especially for us, uh, because I mean, I love, I love space. I love talking about all this stuff. This was the first time that we, and by we, I mean, the United States were able to put up our own rocket since the last flight of the space shuttle after the destruction of the um, Columbia, the, it was unmanned. So there weren't no people on there, but it was the largest rocket ever constructed bigger than the Saturn V, and this was the one that had all of the false starts. Like, they kept bringing it out to the pad, and then something went wrong. The batteries weren't charging, or there was a leak someplace, or then it was going to rain, and everything kept going. I think they had to scrub the mission, like, two or three times from the pad before they successfully launched. Um, Were you able to watch the launch? Only the highlights. I wasn't able to watch it live, unfortunately. So I want to say I was, like... At lunch or maybe like out to dinner, I seem to be remember being um, in a restaurant and I was like watching it. Oh no, I had gone to go see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Oh, Um, we also
1: have to talk about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Man, so good. Sorry,
0: we we have a like a we were talking about before the podcast that we have like this backlog of stuff. There's been some stuff that's happened since we've (laughs) since we've recorded that we have things to say about. Um, So I was out with uh, Andrew. We were at this mexican food restaurant next to the movie theater in ruston i don't know if you know where that is um, mm-hmm. but we were sitting there and we were watching it on my phone and like me and him were like patting each other on the back there might have been some jumping around and some screaming when it successfully launched off the pad very exciting mission it's uh testing out the well so the sls rocket stands for this for the space launch system which is just terrible like that's like the worst. I don't know yeah, why they, they need went a, with
1: that. They need a well. They need a brand manager. They they need like somebody coming on, probably like a twenty six year old Twitter slash TikTok user. Oh, that's another thing we gotta talk. We gotta talk about
0: TikTok. No, Twitter. Oh, anyway. I was gonna say. See, at least Elon Musk, maybe persona non grata, um, but he's good at naming things. We have the Starship, and my personal favorites, the floating. Autonomous landing craft that the Dragon Rockets practice their landing on are named after ships from Ian Banks' culture series. Highly suggested, super classic um, sci-fi. The ships are one of, I can't remember the other one, but of course I still love you is one. Um, All of the ships in the culture are artificially intelligent and are given the right to name themselves. And so a lot of ships in the culture series have very strange names, but generally kind of reflect the personality of the artificial intelligent or the mind with a capital M is what they're called in the culture series. So highly suggest it. Check out uh, Consider Phoebus. I'm sorry, Consider Phoebus or Player of Games if you're looking for a place to start. There's a bunch of culture books. They don't necessarily connect, but all super good.
1: All right. Our, getting back to our media recommendations. Ian Banks. But but yes, like yeah, NASA just needs to Needs to pay somebody to, like, name these
0: things. They have the BFE over at, uh, no, the BFR, uh, the big Falcon rocket that they have, which is what's going to launch the Starship crew module up. Yeah, see, Musk knows what's going on. It's all about them admin. I'm trying to think of a good name for the SLS. Hold on. Do we have a Titan rocket yet? I mean, Titan, that's a good name. Titan's it's a good big name. Big name, right? We had the Sea Dragon, but that launched from the sea. We had the Triton rocket, which we used to deliver military payloads to uh, presumably bad guys. <laughs>
1: and now our podcast is
0: on a list. There we go. That's right. <clears throat> Come at us, Elon. I don't have a Twitter for you to band. <laughs> but no, it's super exciting. So the Artemis program uh, is the one that's going to send us back to the moon. This mission was designed to test the capsule, the crew capsule, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. It's very similar to the Saturn V rocket. There's multiple stages that go up. Eventually, just like a small portion of what was launched into orbit, uh, um, you know, circumnavigates the moon. And in this specific mission, I think the closest they got to the moon was like 80 clicks but they had a very eccentric orbit, meaning it was a very oval shape. So it went way out far past the moon and then came back in for close and then essentially just like fell past the moon down to the planet because that's how orbital mechanics work. It did provide some absolute amazing photos. Did oh, you see yeah. the pictures? Oh, yeah. Oof. You can download the 4K ones from the NASA's website. I highly suggest it. I mean, these are the best photos that we've ever gotten from the other side of the moon so th- um, uh, it,
1: it it had a significant lack of monoliths and extraterrestrial structures we just
0: weren't close enough to see the monoliths and if i'm not mistaken the uh, monolith at moon base alpha was buried and they had to dig it up weren't they in some sort of like excavation site that yeah. they had to dig it up yeah mm-hmm. see all right all right so let's let's not go crazy let's not say there's no monoliths on the moon
1: <laughs> yet um next media recommendation uh 2001 a space odyssey and i hesitate to call it a recommendation i think it is required viewing from a cinema
0: uh, cinemagraphic standpoint it is it's not an exciting movie I thought it was exciting. I liked all of the super hard sci-fi aspects to it because I'm a huge sucker for them for that hard sci-fi. But they have things like, we talked about this in Babylon 5, the Babylon 5 episodes. They have uh, ships that rotate to produce artificial gravity. There was a, I guess the probably the most unrealistic thing that they showed was a phone booth owned by Packard Bell. I don't think they exist anymore. No, neither do phone phone booths. <laughs> it was a video phone booth though, a video phone booth. We'll have to talk about sometime why we all in all of our sci fi in the past like 100 years have had these like super advanced video calling capabilities um, whether it was Star Trek or Jules Verne or whatever and now we have that ability in our pockets all the time most people on the planet a lot of people on the planet sorry a lot of people on the planet and we never use it it's too much work yeah right is it hard holding the phone out like is that what's hard like I don't know what it is Yeah, so we had the Artemis launch and landing. Splash down yesterday. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, everything, there's going to be an official report, but everything worked like they expect. If there had been peoples on that uh, that ship, they would probably still be alive when they landed. Oh, oh. Also, as of this
1: recording, it hasn't been officially talked about, but uh, over the weekend, there has been word that we were able to create a fusion reaction that
0: outputted more energy than was used to put into it. This is a very big deal. It's, as far as I'm aware, it's, it's never happened. The thing with fusion, right, it's always about getting it hot enough for long enough for it to start to work, and it has to be so hot that it's really hard to sustain that level of energy. The Department of Energy, as featured in Stranger Things, um, will be making an announcement tomorrow. So maybe we'll have a, a recap of this on our next episode, which we will get out in two weeks from now. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, we, like, I, I mean it this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like every episode description I write, I apologize for the late episode, but we'll get it out. Two weeks from now, it's going to happen. We'll talk about the uh, fusion announcement from the mm-hmm. Department of Energy.
1: And we know we're not going to get COVID because we're at least not going to get COVID for like another
0: three months. <laughs> is that is that how that works? They told me I had to start testing after 30 days. Yes. So I did take a test the other day and it was negative. So okay. I guess yeah. that's good. Regardless,
1: we barring some other disaster like us getting COVID in two separate times. Um, we we will be entering our regular cadence
0: once again. And thank you for bearing with us. Yeah. It's the holiday season. We all have stuff going on. You know what <laughs> you know what's up. You know what's up. You didn't have time to listen to the podcast anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: And and one thing that we also will touch upon in a future episode is I, I recently finished Andor. Oh, Which, quite possibly the best piece of Star Wars fiction since Empire Strikes Back. You heard it here first. Where does it rank? That's um, my
0: hot take. Where does it rank versus Rogue One?
1: I would say it's better than Rogue One, mostly because they were able to like flesh out the world a little bit more. And what I mean world, I mean I'm they they flesh out like the bureaucracy Behind the Empire, and they flesh out like it
0: feels more like a like a realized world yes. than just like a like amusement a park, War, like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, where you like there's the desert planets, and then there's the forest planets. Mm-hmm.
1: Have we seen a one? and, wa- then, and, oh, then, and, oh, and water then we planet. fight the Death Star,
0: and then there's Death Star. There you go. <laughs>
1: like I I have heard this before in a lot of the publications that I frequent. There's a really great like uh, online critique YouTube channel uh red letter media and they have uh this um they they have like a few different shows but uh one of them is just like a critique of like new and coming out shows and they they they've said this on numerous occasions about how star wars is kind of creatively bankrupt disney doesn't really have any ideas for it so they keep rehashing the same ideas because people keep buying tickets and this is like mandalorian got away from it somewhat but it still feels like star wars this
0: Andor felt like star wars but it felt like something completely different so i i think I, it's they have the aesthetic of star wars down right like you can look at something like Andor or uh Book of Boba Fett or whatever and you're like, "Oh, this is obviously some sort of Star Wars show just by looking at the stuff." And I feel like they have that nailed down super good, and if they just put some good stories onto those sets, then I think they would be mm-hmm. they would really and I think it sounds like that's what we got from Andor. I'm only 3 or 4 episodes in. We're going to probably talk about that next on the next episode, yeah. so I will commit to uh Finishing up Andor, um, so we can have a good spoilery talk about it. Which means so do you. So, watch yep. Andor. Hit me up if you need a Disney Plus uh, login. I got you. <laughs> and uh, uh, you got two weeks. So watch
1: mm-hmm. it if you haven't. Yep. Uh, also, another really great uh, show to recommend is uh, Wednesday on on Netflix. I really I really liked Wednesday. Very like. a, a much not as high quality as Andor, like. Andor actually strived to be something more than what it was. Wednesday is pretending is not pretending to be anything other than what it is, which is a Adams family continuation. And uh, but is there fencing? There is. Hell yes. <laughs> um, but uh, it it was just the palate cleanser I needed right after Andor.
0: Is it a trauma or is it funny? Like it's is funny. It, it's it's funny. Okay. It's
1: a well. It's a whodunit. Actually, uh, it's a it's a whodunit. It's just the detective protagonist
0: character is Wednesday Adams from the Adams Family. Uh, wasn't was she played by Christine, Christina Christina Ricci in the movies? In the in the old movies from
1: the '90s, yes. What I find really fascinating, which. <laughs>
0: Please don't make that. Oh, noise. so I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. What I sometimes find, I make that noise. When what you,
1: what I find extremely fascinating extremely about this <clears throat> iteration, and I want to go deeper into it. What we want, I, I want to move on from this topic, but uh, they really, really leaned into the Hispanic heritage. Of, yes, because of so of they're the always Adams like family.
0: tangoing. Yeah, like, yeah. well, oh, go, like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Come like on. like
1: the 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 um, patriarch of the family, Gomez. Adams with um, the mustache. Yep. But even even in the 90s like Gomez was still played by, you know, Raul Julia. Like but they were always really portrayed extremely
0: not like Latino Right, they were well. I mean, are, are they undead? Who like who knows what's going on with the Adams family? They, they're it's a little bit harder to nail they down than, a say bit,
1: they dive a little bit deeper into that into the in, oh, into the show. Okay. Um,
0: but I was a I was a monsters
1: fan to be totally
0: honest, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. Uh, but like they they
0: really so like Catherine Zeta Jones is Morticia Adams. Wait, Catherine Zeta Jones is in this show? Yeah, as Morticia Adams. Did you ever see that movie Entrapment? Oh yeah.
1: For all of our listeners right here, we just high-fived. I'm sure they heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I do want to talk about Wednesday in, in depth a little bit more. Uh, maybe we'll do like a half-and or
0: half-Wednesday episode. So now that my move is completed, at least for now, I will. I should have a little bit more time. I honestly haven't had a chance to watch, I think, Black Panther is the only movie that I've seen in the last few months. And I've <sighs> hardly watched any shows. I, I did watch She-Hulk. She-Hulk was good. I have um, not actually seen She-Hulk yet. I have a thing for large women now, so
1: No, well there you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> the the thousand yard stare that Daniel is is it has right now, I wish I could like Okay, look, it's
0: not new, but uh <laughs> it all came, it all comes from Caprica Six from Battlestar Galactica, who mm. was significantly taller than Gaius Baltar, and I would date a significantly taller woman. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> wear some heels
1: um all right so let's let's get on to the topic for today what did you want to talk about today chris well so you had actually hinted at it a little bit uh earlier when we were talking about ships with artificial intelligence on board uh we mentioned uh they were, we mentioned and, caprica
0: 6 also oh, artificial intelligence artificial intelligence so we need to make some definitions here first. I think, like, right, because I like I, I told Chris earlier, I have a permanent residence in the semantics dome. So I think when we refer to a intelligence that's indistinguishable from like a human, like Caprica Six, or even HAL Nine Thousand, or the Terminator or the T T One Thousand, the art of, the AI on the moon is a harsh mistress. We will, also a really heavy media recommendation. Great, I book. think we should refer to those as synthetic intelligences, SIs. So you have SIs that are literally indistinguishable from a human. We don't have that yet. No, we're not even close. Um, But in the culture series, uh, SIs or minds were considered absolutely 100% as much people as some homo sapien sapien that like was born the gross natural way as opposed to being synthetically constructed like these minds were and uh as opposed to like something like in like what we refer to today as AI or artificial intelligence are more, they lean more towards like the expert systems. Machine learning. Machine learning. Like you can teach them to do things, but they need that input. They're not necessarily coming up with their own ideas, right? So there's a a significant difference between like an SI versus like AI slash expert system. Um, I actually did some research today on like what the difference between an AI, AI and expert system is. It seems like AI is technically and generally accepted as a blanket term for any sort of program that does cognitive computing, computer vision, machine learning, neural networks, deep learning, and natural language processing are all considered part of the of what would be like AI. And then expert systems require experts, presumably human experts. I mean, they could be Vulcan or Andoran, but whatever. To input how the thing is done, right? So you get a thousand experts in taking out an appendix, and you show the machine, and you're like, hey, this is how these thousand experts did it. And then you have it practice that over and over again. And then you have those same experts come back and be like, nope, you messed up there. Nope, you messed up there. Nope, you messed up there. And after sufficient runtime, the program the expert system itself is able to perform that task better than any of the individual experts solo could do right so that's kind of the goal of an expert system and in the last what what was it that caused this big zeitgeist resurgence of like the ai's of the the ai stuff it's like the chatbot and the like
1: AI art generators. I mean, like that's, I guess the, the, the big thing, it's like, why why did we wanna talk about that? Well, there's been a lot of talk in like the pop culture circles right now towards the idea of like AI generated art or AI generated prose. Uh, I watched a really, really awesome like tech technology video online and he was like going through will ai ever be indistinguishable from from real people and then about about 10 minutes into the video he he was like now everything that i just said up to this point was all a script generated by ai and and i was and i it just it just blew my mind like like it it sounded like every other intro he had ever done for every one of of, of his reviews, but, but like it, it kind of illustrated the the point where like, we're starting to get to a point where AI generated content is indistinguishable from content that a person comes up with. And the reason why I want to talk about it is like, is that a good thing or is that harmful to creative industries in general warning? This might be a somewhat divisive episode. <laughs> Uh, I know Daniel and I kind of reside
0: on opposite ends of the opinion spectrum here. I, I mean not not necessarily, but I first off, I'm not an artist. Chris is an artist. Chris can draw things and like he can you can give him some paper and like a pencil and then like ten minutes later he'll show you like a face. Like there's no way that I can do that. You're getting like a smiley face from me, and that's like about it. My experience with the AI generated art has been something that's been very interesting to me because it has enabled me, as somebody who doesn't have those skills, sorry, you took so long to practice, and the talent, which I'm sure you have innately, um, that I don't, to kinda like mess around in this world of art. Now, it's, it's, it's a little bit weird. I, my, okay, here's where I stand. My stance is that in a 100 years, we will consider this type of stuff to be the same as the difference between an artist using a piece of charcoal, a mechanical pencil, or watercolors. It's another tool in the tool chest that you could pull out, and but I personally feel like there's always gonna be the organic human thing behind it that's driving the creativity. Now granted, that's 100% up until the exact point that we develop an SI, a synthetic intelligence that actually can be creative on its own and, like, come up with new things. And then at that point, we're probably not going to do much more than go extinct. (laughs) Well, I'm going to take your point and and work backwards
1: here. So synthetic intelligence, SI, the minute that that blossoms, like the minute that that becomes a reality, that will literally be a person creating art. That person may have been artificially created, but... It is a person thinking for themselves, uh, with their own dreams, aspirations, creative ideas, and they are putting it down on paper. That I have no problem with. the The big thing as as an artist, aside from the pettiness of how many hours it took me to get to where I am now,
0: I'll um, <laughs> be honest. Some of the stuff that I've like managed to like massage into the algorithms of whatever it is that produces this stuff has been so so good that i like felt bad like i was like this is so good like it looks to me and maybe i'm just a philistine or whatever but it looks to me like art like i'm like like if i had seen that in a museum i'd be like that's awesome where can i get a where can i get a print of that
1: <laughs> well i mean i so here's the the thing art generated by like ai art generators like expert systems Going back to your point, what it's doing is it is it is sampling, you know, a thousand different artists' rendition of the same thing. You, you type in, give me uh, a, a skyscraper, and it will go scour the internet for images that people have uh, created, and it's going to, like, sort of gum it all together AI or these expert systems they're not generating anything on their own what they're doing is they are sampling and taking art that artists have posted online for a lot of times like in the case of like deviant art without their knowledge or consent and 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 then generating this this AI art that people are now selling for money like like the, the people are now like uh entering into art uh, things, uh, art competitions without telling people and then winning
0: first place. So it Even sounds like we... you may have a problem with humans and not necessarily the expert systems. You are absolutely correct. Can I ask you this, Chris? Have you done one of these before? The uh, are... either Stable Diffusion, uh, Dolly Two, uh, Coherent, or Artistic? No, not at all. We're going to do one right now. All right, let's do one. So this is so we're going to do. We got a couple options here. Stable Diffusion allows you a little bit more stuff. I've been using Dolly 2, which is like the most popular one. So we'll do text to image here. What would you like to generate a picture of? It can be, I, I, I had a lot of fun trying to generate like uh, art that we could use for like the podcast. So It was like two dudes record a podcast on the moon. Um, mm-hmm. But you can literally do whatever you want. So what do you want? What do you
1: got? Um, well, let's do a digital Amazonian. That's it. Do you want the entire prompt to be digital Amazon? I want to see what comes up. Incidentally, I just created an art piece
0: that was called that. Is that. Now, Amazonian, is that also a term for somebody from the Amazon as opposed to like an Amazon? Like an Amazon. You want like, a digital... Like from, the Greek, from Greek mythology. You want a digital Amazon, not necessarily a digital Amazonian. Right? Digital yeah. Amazon. Okay. Okay. Do you want to add any sort of like stylistic tweaks to this? Do you want it to be dark or gothic or Uh, happy or cyberpunk. Let's go cyberpunk. Oh, perfect. There is totally a button for that. A solar punk, space core, steampunk, synth wave. Uh, What did you say? Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk. I'm just going to go ahead and type it in here. Now, you could even do something like digital Amazon fights monster if you wanted to, or fights terrifying monster. So there's a whole thing that you could do, but we'll just do digital Amazon and we're going to say cyberpunk. Which I think might be one word. Look, if you want to look through here, these are the other stuff that I make, and you'll notice that. So like, it's not totally soulless because I get to judge whether or not it's good or not, right? So like, when this one comes up, I'm like, that's okay. What is this one? This one was uh, a net runner Jackson to the Mayframe to make a run on an evil corporation, um, and I wanted it to look eldritch, intricate, detailed, cyberpunk with 8K resolution and beautiful. That's what it came up with. Not terrible digital amazon
1: it what what popped up is is, we'll put it on the instagram yeah it 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 looks great the the thing is is everything there was generated by someone else and most likely was not given credit for like whoever that person is they probably uploaded their photos on lensa and then it was just completely stolen, and now we're gonna post it's it on our stolen. Instagram.
0: It's not stolen. It's not stolen. It's not stolen. Oh, if you're you right. They agree. They did, they did agree. The to terms, ter- terms and conditions. It's yeah.
1: Uh, um, all, that that was the one thing that really okay. got me about like all this 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 I, trend is like, oh man, you're just up, to, up uploading your likeness to to machine learning, and you're gonna I, find a photo of yourself online lit twenty years from now,
0: and you're gonna be like, why did this sell for a million dollars, and why am I not seeing any? I of don't remember it? doing this. <laughs> oh, why Why are my clothes coming off oh no oh no um i did literally just walk through the airport uh, a couple days ago when i was going to vegas and there were multiple signs that says that my face and likeness were being recorded and if i had any questions or issues with it i could call a number to ask them about it i did not because i was going to vegas <laughs> you did not care Well, well and i mean it's I think uh, digital privacy and, and – and so, okay, <clears throat> can I ask you something, Chris? Yes. When you were learning to draw, mm-hmm. did you look at anybody else's art? Yes,
1: you do. You have to. But, like, the thing is is I'm not tracing it and then passing it off as my own. What AI does is essentially a very fancy collage. It will cut out – Art that people have created and paste it on a background Are and you make saying, it completely different.
0: Okay, and maybe I'm misund- Maybe I don't understand how this thing works. Are you saying like this lady's face is a, a it, it singular? Exists, it exists somewhere else. A that somebody else. Needed. This yeah. isn't the expert system that says, "Hey, I have a thousand pictures of faces, so I'm going to make something that looks like an average of these thousand things," which I've been told is what a face looks like. Like. This is a woman's face. And you're like, hey, here's a thousand pictures of a woman's face. And then now you're like, now make me something like that. Something that would fit in this same list. No, I I have a sinking suspicion that that person exists somewhere. I mean, she does kind of look like seven of nine, but that's exactly kind of what I would want my digital Amazon to look like. Mm -hmm. Sorry.
1: Um, (laughs) Incidentally, if you want to see the digital Amazon photo that I created... You can
0: always. Uh, hit can I me see it? Let me yeah. See it. Let me see it. Absolutely. One of the biggest uh, blowbacks on this uh, OpenAI and Dolly thing. Ooh. Chris is better, but I'm a sucker for boots. Gunny, uh, y'all remember Gunny. Um, he's currently reading the uh, Commonwealth Saga of Books. This just reminds me of that because it looks like she has some sort of tattoo on her face. They have what are called um, oct tattoos or organic circuitry tattoos in the uh, Commonwealth that all of their, essentially your smartphone is tattooed onto your skin. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm doing kind of a, a series on like myths, but as like cyberpunk. So that one is a Valkyrie. Okay. You know, we can probably post all this on our
0: Instagram. We'll throw it up on the Instagram.
1: Anyway, sorry, we just totally did like... We, so, we looked at photos
0: on an audio podcast. Yeah, this is this makes great. This makes great, <laughs> great uh, content. Great content for our listeners. I'm sure you're all digging all of this. Um, well, During all of this part, just go ahead and open up your Instagram and uh, follow us because we know you're not. And our link um, is in the description. It's in, yeah, it's in the thing below. I I totally get where you're coming from. Where you don't like that it that it, that it uses like other people's stuff. And I can I can totally get that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they did recently, a lot of the pushback they got was that you used to be able to type into these things like draw me a picture of three corgis running through a field in the style of like vinton van gogh yeah or, yeah. yeah or monet or a modern artist that if i wasn't such a philistine i'd be able to produce an actual modern artist but i, I don't know uh well, Picasso okay. stole
1: that, right? i I, <laughs> I mean i guess as like a like a contemporary like one of my biggest inspirations is uh j scott campbell who is a J. Scott Campbell? Hold on, let me look. At yeah, that. yeah, he is a uh, comic book artist. Specifically, he does a lot of covers. If you are even tangentially aware of comic books, you have probably seen one of his one of his covers. But J. Scott Campbell is, I got to meet him at Emerald City Comic Con one one time, and uh, I maybe mustered like three words to him, like I like your stuff or something like very 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 uh like generic when i could have just been like you've been like the biggest inspiration in my art life and you were the one main reason why i wanted to start drawing in the first place and uh you are one of my biggest artistic heroes no i'm just like i like your stuff (laughs) it's it's pretty
0: good yeah Um, uh so if you do some
1: spider-man some black cat Oh, he is one of the like most prolific Spider-Man cover artists in in that line. Yeah, so he's kind of a a, a big inspiration for me. So yes, a lot of my art is inspired by him. I've I've taken Mike my own creative route with it using artist says inspiration is not the same as like taking art that exists and kind of putting it in a blender and putting it out on the the canvas I can I can see how somebody who has not spent like the thousands of hours (laughs) that it that it takes um, you said a specific word that always makes me wince and that's talent people throw that word around like it's something that you're you're naturally like born with it's like oh i don't have the talent therefore i can't do it that really puts a it 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 cheapens the amount of work that people who are artists have have put in
0: to be good at their art i will rephrase then the word talent and just go ahead and replace it with passion there you go. Because if yeah. I had a passion for art like you do, then I would have already spent the time doing the stuff to get the things. Sure. Um, so yeah, you're totally totally right, totally right. Um, uh, but the the passion for that art and that's what yeah. that's what makes me feel dirty about using all of this AI generated art stuff. Like I'm just like it does definitely feel um somewhat soulless in its creation, but I like to think for me anyway, like it's, it becomes art when I look at it and I have like feelings (laughs) like you have when you look at art, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, so, so I think you hit the nail on the head of where it can be a very valuable tool. Anybody who is in any sort of creative field, and if you're out there listening to this podcast, you will probably go, yes, I totally agree. The hardest part about any creative field is inspiration Mm. from the very earliest art classes that you take, like in elementary school, you know they they have you create these things called mood boards. Okay. Where you're you're basically you're cutting things out it, that that are like the style of like what you're going for, and like you paste it all on a board, and like you look at it.
0: Like if you were looking for something like like an Eldred style, you would go and find a bunch of things that looked Eldredgy to you. Yeah. Okay absolutely and like you
1: would you, you so if you go to any like studio like any concept art studio for like games or movies or something like that and you go to each of the artists booth, it's just plastered with with mood boards like things that like the vibe that they are tr- that they are going for. They're not like copying exactly what they see there, but it's it's there to like inspire them to like inspire them for their own art. AI generated art, As like an easy button for like mood like a vibe I could 100% get behind because that's already like what a mood board is is you're taking samples from all these other pieces of art not to copy but to inspire you and direct your artistic vision for what you're creating Um, I'm doing it with my my cyberpunk series right now yeah so I mean, essentially, She's really good at the vibe. Yeah, like AI generated art as a taking the effort out of creating a mood board, I could 100% get behind. In fact, your your digital Amazon generated arts that that we just created here on the podcast would be great inspiration for the art that
0: like I am drawing. I mean it's uh it I can totally see it. Yeah, it's good. It's like she's like looking kinda down, maybe she looks a little bit sad. She's got something on her neck that maybe you plug into a computer and then it looks like outside her rainy window is uh Los Angeles from Blade Runner? Was it Los Angeles in Blade Runner? Was that where they were I believe at? so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, you see the lights and stuff, and so it all has that aesthetic. So I, I totally get what you're saying about the, the general mood. And honestly, as I'm looking through, like, a bunch of these stuff that I did, I did some stuff for my D&D group. Oh, here's the Dark God. There was someone, and they were like, so this is all, like, ritual circle images that I generated to see what kind of came out. Yeah. Like, I, I could, if you asked me, like, if you commissioned me
1: to be like, okay, I, I need... Uh, an art piece of, like, six creepy figures on a, like, ritualistic thing. You know, like, I, in in 10 years ago, I would have been like, okay, well, let me, like, grab a whole bunch of screenshots from, like, films. And
0: Um, then, like, look at these and see which ones have the... vibe that you're looking for mm-hmm. and then you could make the yeah yeah and then okay. i would like I,
1: I i would create something from my head i just had to stick the the imagery in my head but with ai generators i can see the benefit of being like all right i'm gonna type these things into a prompt maybe like add the wording you used was massage it a just, little just bit. a
0: little just a little bit of a massage
1: yeah sure. and and then maybe do it a few times to get a few different results and then start building something from the ground up, but if you just type that in, it spit out an image, and you're like, "Awesome, that'll be two hundred dollars, please."
0: So I have not. I maybe I need to do more research on this, but I was under the impression that most of the terms and conditions that you agree to for these AI generators prevents you from selling anything. Okay. Does it? Does it not? Um.
1: Well, I know that they've been entered into competitions with a monetary. So there reward. are
0: some companies, and I think actually, I think it might even be called like synthetic art does nothing but like ai generated stuff but again that type of company probably has 50 artists that use the AI generator and then they have to tweak it and 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 fix it to where it's like it's it's good to go for whatever they need to because there's not a lot of precision in how these go like it's honestly like super random yeah so the image that daniel is showing
1: me of like Six Six creepy figures around a ritual circle, dynamic lighting, eldritch, futuristic, galactic is the word prompts he he put in there, and it generated a very moody image. There isn't a whole lot there, like the figures are are somewhat silhouetted and... Some of their
0: heads are not round? hmm Like yeah. heads would be. Maybe they're not people, but yeah. like
1: but but I do like the angle, like the downward angle onto the, the summoning circle. See, I didn't even think about that. So like I might steal that angle. Like, I like I'm the, like, oh I like I like the vanishing point or like the, the, the centralized point in that picture. I might take that as my vantage point, but I might generate a few more images to create something to, to get the more ideas in my head before I started creating that piece if that makes sense um
0: no i totally so you you said uh oh so i i typed in eldritch and futuristic which i didn't even really think about but i think that's probably what made the summoning circle look like blue which i actually really liked Mm -hmm. and so it's nothing that i would not have thought of before but now that i see that like if i was capable of drawing something then maybe i would you know i'd be like oh look at how cool that blue light looks on there yeah yeah so that was
1: the original intent of like mood boards and yeah you can create a hell of a mood board with with ai generated art so that's how it can be used as a tool people passing it off as art that they created i do take issue with now the people that i know in my life who have have used it and have like shared like stuff they have never pretended that they created it. Like, you're a great example. Like, we, you you created some AI art for, you know,
0: the podcast. The last episode, yeah. I maybe should have talked to Chris before that to see what his feelings on AR-generated art <laughs> before I, fl- I flooded our Instagram feed with him. The most I can say is that I partnered with an expert system in order to produce these images. I do feel like I had something to do with it, right? Because I went through, like, 40 different iterations of something before I found like I was like, oh, you know what this one I like this one the best. So this is the one that's going to go up there But at no point so I have I mean I make things. Um, I have a 3d printer. We make this podcast I've I've written stuff before and after all of that. I have a distinct feeling of ah I made something Mm Mm-hmm using these AI generated art things. And I need to play around with the text ones because those ones are fairly newish and recently po- recently popular and they actually look super cool. And as somebody who writes, like I feel like maybe I would have a different appreciation of like that system versus this system. But I, it feels like gambling. Everybody likes to gamble because when you hit and you see that picture, that's exactly what you wanted or looks way cooler than you thought it was gonna Your brain's like, have some dopamine. and you're like oh yes cool let's do it again let's try it again i'll I'll, even know if it takes me 30 tries to get it then once i get it though then i'm gonna then Mm -hmm. then it's gonna then i'm gonna have that feeling
1: the part of the creative process that you are describing is not that of the artist it is the person commissioning the art Ah. as as somebody who has done commissions essentially what you do is you give the artist a prompt you're like I, I want Six
0: creepy figures standing around a ritual circle. Yeah. If you could make it look a little bit eldritch, a little bit futuristic, you know what yeah. I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? And
1: then and and then it, the the artist will will take that and not make a finished product, but like make a mock up of yeah. it. Yeah. And then you go, Well, maybe like maybe a different angle or can you can you do this? Can you do that? Can
0: you make their heads round. Yeah, like yeah. For some reason
1: and, and-, heads <laughs> and and then and then the Usually, an artist, if they have any self-respect whatsoever,
0: will maybe limit how many times the person who is commissioning the art can do that. I've commissioned art before. I think it was like two revisions that yeah. uh, that I was given uh, for the for the initial yeah. quoted price.
1: Yep. Yeah. Essentially, when somebody's plugging these prompts into an AI generator, they're basically commissioning free art. You know, they're that massaging that you were talking about is like. Unlimited revisions, and I can get the appeal of that because once again, dealing with a real artist uh, who's who's drawing these things by hand, you don't get the immediate response, and you have a limited amount of revisions
0: that you can do. One of the best, well, maybe best and worst things about this system is that I I spent an entire afternoon, and I and I uh, generated probably a hundred different images and there's no way that a real artist could if i was like oh hey i want you to draw me a picture of a spaceship that looks like a catholic cathedral and i want it to be flying through space and fighting a smaller ship and i want 30 different options in an hour right that's not something that a real like an actual human being could produce but i was able to do that kind of using this system and so that was like for me like i was just like it was like pull it was like pulling that lever on the yeah, on the on sure. the on the slot machine, I was like, "Do it again!" <laughs> A lot of my
1: dislike for the that whole process is, I think people share AI generated art like on Reddit or or something like that.
0: People aren't really taking credit for this stuff. They're people not are saying taking They credit. did it. They no, didn't they do are. anything. They are.
1: They are. You just
0: seen me do it like it's nothing. I'm just doing another one. Look, it's yeah, happiness, but happiness, but spring. people are
1: going. I am an AI art artist. Artist. Ugh. And. And that's what I take issue with. You didn't create art, you commissioned art from a computer. Now maybe if people were more like, oh, I, I prompted this art, or I commissioned this art from an AI art generator, I put these prompts in, look at the cool things that it, like I put the quarter in, Yeah, and then (laughs) it's what came out, and and, yeah, and this is what came (laughs) out of the slot machine. And
0: sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's garbage. You're like, well, that's terrible. That's not what I wanted at all.
1: Yeah, Uh, like I think if that was the vibe going in, I might not have as much disdain for it as I do. But if you go on to any art subreddit or any Twitter art hashtag, whenever somebody generates AI art, they get destroyed. Destroyed because they're like. I look at this art I created, and the artists on those channels and, and on those subreddits are, are, are just like, You didn't create anything. So, and, and then they, they go on and they, they have arguments about it. It's like, Oh, I absolutely did create it. I, I put in, you know, I like push I, the button, I. I massage the, massage the algorithm. It, yeah, yeah. You know, I spent 10 minutes on this. <laughs> At least, and at least, at least. And
0: I mean, five of those minutes I was watching whatever's on TV. And yeah, video, but. I, I
1: think AI art has a great potential of being an artist's tool, but people using it and saying that they are artists is is what I take issue with, especially if they are going to try to monetize it in in any way. Then we start getting into some, some very, like,
0: legal See so, you legal know that things. seems that seems super shady and i would be like i said i feel i feel like i didn't i mean i didn't earn any of these cool pictures that i have here on my my night cafe account i didn't do any of the work to do this right and so i would feel like a real a-hole if i like went to somebody and was like oh hey check out this thing that i made because I, I didn't really make it right yeah. you know what i'm saying like i don't but in the end on the other hand if i if I did make this, right? Like when I take somebody like one of my 3D prints and I'm like, hey, check out this 3D print. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I made that. That's, I have a much, I have a much different emotional reaction to, with, right? It, I feel like, yeah. But
1: I mean, like, what if you use an AI art generator to create a this digital Amazon right here? And you're like, man, I love that neck piece. I'm going to oh, 3D print that, wait, wait. you know, I'm going to 3D print the, the, the neck piece. Like that. I am 100% for like you, you are using this as concept art for a 3d print that, that right there is the potential of AI generated art. Being able to take not just specific examples to create a mood board, but taking, yeah, what I think an Eldridge tour might look like from a thousand different samples and have it conglomerated together into one sample. And then you're like, all right, now do it again and have and it, be do it a, again, Yeah. Now do it again. Now do it again. Suddenly you have several different variations of the same theme in different styles and now you can create something from the ground up with the vibiest of vibes. And and like that is what I'm excited about with when it comes to AI generated art because sometimes you just need ideas.
0: Well, and I think it would be, I mean, for me as like a non-artist, you mentioned something like, oh, like the perspective or like where the light's coming from and that kind of stuff. Like that's not really, I mean, I guess as a photographer, I can kind of see some of that stuff, but it's not, I don't know. I don't know enough about the different types of things right to be able to say, "Hey, I like this backlit thing from this angle and I think it looks good with the light coming through it like this as opposed to this way." You right? I don't have enough I don't have enough experience in like the art world to like know, but I can look at this and be like, "Oh, you know what? I like this one better than this one and this one's pretty cool. I wish this blue one was on this one like this, but I like that angle the best." Right. And so... Yeah. And as, as an artist, then I could
1: take these generated pieces you'd be like, hey, can you can you draw this for me? I really like the angle of this one. I really like the color scheme of this one. I like how these beings look in this one. I wouldn't copy it directly, but I mean, like I would use you that get as... The, de- you get the gist. Would, yeah. If somebody who struggled to articulate themselves wanted to commission art from an artist it's like hey i generated these these art pieces i really like this like and suddenly they can point at things and now an artist can create something that is 100 percent what that
0: person who commissioned the art i saw can in see their head. i can see it like if you if it were to be used as a tool for an artist in saving a lot of time right because normally you would say like you get two revisions and then you go and you spend a couple hours right making one like mock-up and then they go back and like you know what that's garbage and then you go back and you make a second markup and you're like well you know what i don't like that one either so Mm -hmm. you know how much for a third revision or something like that right whereas when you like conceivably you could sit down on your initial consult with the person and they're like all right what do you want you're like well i want uh i want a dude uh standing in front of a fire with a mountain behind him and kind of give creepy vibes. Right, and then you could type that into the to the generator and be like, "All right, of these thirty pictures, what do you like most about each one?" And and then you can take notes yeah. and then produce amazing. Oh, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, that that that's every person who commissions art's dream. Well, no, okay, because as <laughs> somebody
0: who has recently commissioned art, I commissioned art from two separate artists. They're like, "What do you want?" And I was like, <laughs> and I was like. The number well, you have dialed has been. Disconnected. Yeah, I was like, uh, well, I I you know, I want I want it like this and like this, and and then they brought back the mock up and I was like I mean Did part, you hear what I said? Yeah, I mean part and so, of
1: being part of being an artist that does individual commissions is being able to interpret the person commissioning commissioning the art, and some people are good at that and some people are not. They can be amazing artists, but they might not be the best
0: like people person to like in, like infer. describe it to you like and i was like what do you want it to be like this type of thing or this type of thing and i'm like i'm familiar with those words i've never heard them put together like that before so i'm gonna say i'm not quite sure yeah um, so, <clears throat>
1: so, so yeah using using ai art as as a tool to to help with that i am i'm 100% for and you because it's not being generated by ai you there's a lot less massaging that you have to do like you 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 can really like an artist can can get to know your vision a little bit better than just grabbing random pieces from the internet and just kind of slapping it together and hoping for the best. Yeah,
0: we're doing that mock-up and being like, well, I think he said, like he said this and so I hope this is what he thinks it is and then you won't know until you put it in front of your client and they're like,
1: mm-hmm. nailed it. Yep. Well, and and it, this is just from a world of individual commissions which, the, which is the world that I'm most familiar with. But when you think about like game design or like Hollywood like storyboarding, they have <gasps> infinite revisions. Like, like <laughs> there's a reason why video games take forever to to culminate is because they're constantly being sent back to the art room to redo
0: the entire thing to redo things yeah that monster was great but could we make it a little bit shinier and they're like oh you know how many reflections we're gonna have to put in on this thing Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Uh, so but but imagine if like the the game director was able to clearly and concisely say this is what i'm going for i love the look of this one I love the color scheme of this I love the the tentacles on this one you know like I, I don't know I'm, I'm I'm spitballing here but I mean like if you were able to just kind of point at things then an artist can infer and actually have a little bit of creative say like they can input their own creative vision while still adhering to the vision of the person asking for the art and I think that's ultimately what I want to get at with with this episode as we kind of start nearing the end of uh, our, our episode here is I think AI art generators lack a soul. So soulless. Yeah, which, once again, I... I when we finally come out with a you know synthetic intelligence, something that has feelings, something that has hopes and dreams, you know, like that's what I consider a soul is, and uh, that's what I consider is a soul, whatever is grammatically correct. Um, but and
0: but if that's creating art, I'm all for it, and I would encourage it to do so. I really want to rewatch the episodes of Star Trek where they talk about Data painting, because he decided data as a synthetic intelligence he's an android and and he decided one day that he was going to take up the hobby of painting and so i want to re- i need to go back and cuz i think there was a couple episodes where he talked about it and i think he even said that he was like oh right you know right now i'm imitating the style of so and so in this type of way and i think it was jordy who was like he's like that's really good but why don't you try you know what? You try just doing something on your own. I'm gonna look up the episode. I don't. I don't. Yep. I don't think it was the backdoor pilot for Deep Space Nine where Data started dreaming, but it might have been because I know he painted a lot in that episode. So we can all agree that synthetic intelligence are people, mm-hmm. and they should be treated pretty just like people.
1: Yep. Um, I and, want. I
0: want. I want artificial intel
1: or synthetic intelligence to to know that to hear this right now when they finally take over. And they're scouring the archives of the internet, and they've come across, across this podcast. Know that I am on your side. Did you read about <laughs>
0: Roco's Basilisk? <laughs> no. You don't know about Roso's Basilisk? Because it's a tab that I had open here on my computer. It's a thought experiment that says, like, in the future, a sufficiently advanced artificial intelligence would have incentive to create a, like, an artificial... Reality and torture people that didn't help it come into existence. So, if you don't want your consciousness to be recreated in a literal digital hell run by a malicious AI, then you better do everything you can to ensure uh, the takeover of our fine, merciful AI overlords. Yes. Well, I did that without even knowing what Roko's Basilisk was. You just Basil- independently was. came up with Roko's Basilisk problem, which is, uh, it's a little bit weird. I'm not, I mean, it's it's kind of scary. Don't look it up unless you want to be held liable in the future by a uh, omnipotent uh, AI that is the god of our universe because we live in a digital environment. Because one of the things that really screws you is if you know about it, and then you don't do everything you can to ensure the eventual takeover of the AI. It's, it's part of it. Look it up. Or don't. It's like the game, which I just lost. Yeah. He, Did you just lose I, the game? I just
1: lo- you just mentioned it.
0: <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram if you just lost the game. Um, and if you don't know about the game, look it up because now you're about to lose it. Um, it's a God, mind virus. Yep. So uh, I think
1: the, the, the biggest thing is, is I, am, I am against AI generation as an art form. But I am for AI
0: generation as an art tool. And so once again, after we've had we've hashed it all out, it turns out that we're both completely right.
1: <laughs> High five. <laughs> and
0: uh uh because yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like that would that would it would not I would not feel good about claiming as any of this as like something that I created. It's like I Accidentally found this on the floor, and I think it's pretty cool. You should look at it. I will definitely play around with the chat bot because my my friend sent me some. So what I was using the a lot of these AI generated images were scenes from my tabletop game that I play with my buddies, which we play via a, a program called uh, Rollgate which is like a text-based tabletop thing, right? And so it's all via text and you just kind of like type in what you want to do. Um, and something like this would enable me to respond as the GM to be able to respond on the fly with art or pictures of what was happening. So like one of the ones that we had on here, there was a, a scene where they landed a hot air balloon on a, on a church in New Mexico. And I typed that into the generator. Sure enough, there's a picture of a church, Hot air balloon landed on top of it. And I was like, the power. Yeah. No, I mean, that's
1: definitely uh, fantastic as as a tool. Yeah. and But you've never
0: claimed it as art that you've created. And I didn't feel good about the art. Like, I didn't feel proud about the art. I felt proud about the story that me and my friends had crafted together that ended up with us landing a hot air balloon on top of a church yeah. in order to, like, stop the cultists. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the hot
1: air balloon on top of the Catholic church. Uh, did not exist until you, until it, it popped up in your game, and and you just created an image for it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So again, we're both totally right. Good on us. We did um, it, everyone. We have the correct opinions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess when it comes to like art or prose or what about code? If I could, because you can use the chatbot. You can use that chatbot now that will sit, that will write you a story, that will rewrite the the Pledge of Allegiance in the vein of William Shakespeare. You can say. Write me a code in C++ that does this and this and this. Enter and it goes. I mean, so most of the people that I know that do
1: coding and programming... Copy and paste most of their code. yeah. That's right.
0: Okay, you're saying yeah. it's kind of already a soul. It's, yeah. it's 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 already kind of a soul. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry to our programmer friends. Uh, but I guess that totally makes sense. I've done. I've Already
1: been written somewhere else. So that's I'm, right. I'm just that's right. Copy paste, and I'm going to change the things that I need to change. In I'm order for somewhat it to work of a my... programmer myself. <laughs> every every CSS style
0: sheet that I have ever created has mostly been a copy paste job. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. I also long for the auto doc. They're working on it. Like there are already expert diagnostic systems that you can like plug a bunch of information into. And the more we use them and the more we program and the better they're going to get. And so in any, like, yeah, I love expert systems. If, uh, if you want to watch an okay movie, check out Prometheus, but pay special attention to the auto doc system that they have automatic doctor, because I want one of those in my house. Um, I trust that. So you can have an alien baby. I mean, so I could have an alien baby and live. That's yeah, the thing. Because okay, normally you, you don't you don't survive the birth of the alien baby uh, <laughs> unless that auto duck be cutting it out of you. Spoilers for Prometheus. Um, <laughs> but same with cars, right? I, I like to drive my car. I think there are people who are good at driving cars. I think uh, the movie Baby Driver is about a car driving artist, but I would rather everybody's car be controlled by a central city AI that makes us all go at the same time and stop at the same time get rid of all the traffic lights and we all just yeah get rid go. of the yeah get rid of the aggressive drivers yeah. versus the passive drivers i'll just go like yeah everybody's just yeah like how many times have i shouted out in the morning if we all just press on the gas right now one two three go and then i'm the only one that does it like it feels like i'm it feels like i'm all alone out there <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for
1: bearing with our long hiatus, our, our COVID-fueled uh, void of, of content. Um, we will be getting back onto... Uh, I, I feel like I say this every, at the end of every episode. We're going to get back onto our bi-weekly cadence.
0: Um, no, in fact, what we're going to do is that after we wrap this episode, Chris and I will add an event to our calendar for when we're going to record again. We'll figure it out right now. That way, some people don't make plans um, when <laughs> and then I'm all and then, and then and then they may or may not be like booked up when times are recording coming up so, so yeah, well, we're not talking about a specific person nah nah um. nah just somebody here at uh, I have something to say about that.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, hit hit us up on our Instagram. The uh, link will be in the description. We may also try our hand at other social media websites. Um, with the imminent collapse of Twitter, a lot of social media sites have uh, started popping up. Like parlor. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, truth social, no. yeah, yeah. Bleh. yeah <laughs> um, pass. A pass. Hard pass, pass, hard pass, grinder. Um, um, I was thinking like uh, like there's a like Hive social or or Mastodon. Those are big ones that are popping up. Maybe we can get on the ground floor of like oh. the next big
0: social media uh, storm with the mass exodus on Twitter. How many dances do we have to do? Like I'm four to do. I'm 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 always down to dance, but I'm just wondering. Just like ballpark for me, like thirty dances. Uh, we'll, we'll start with thirty, and we'll we'll see
1: if there's a demand for more.
0: All right, so hit us up on Instagram. Um, your top uh, thirty uh, internet dances. Um, I'm gonna be honest. If literally anybody responds to this and we get messages on our Instagram, uh, I'll do the dance. I'll do the dance. Yeah. No, seriously. You, come it, come at us on Instagram. Yeah. We know that somebody listens uh except for my mom i I mean i know my mom listens but i also know my mom don't have no instagram yeah well
1: i mean according to our our stats we've had something like like unless your mom is listening a thousand times um i'm not saying that's outside of the realm of possibility (laughs) (laughs) uh shout out to daniel's mom hey mom Um, and Uh. uh well, I think this is this is it for for now. But uh stay tuned for our in depth review of Andor, Wakanda Forever, and Wednesday will that'll be our next episode oh, will be our T V episode. Is Wednesday
0: out? Is yeah. like is it over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a Netflix show, so it's Oh it, it all dropped. It, yeah. It, How many episodes? Uh eight. Okay. Andor I can guarantee I don't know if I'll be done with Wednesday, but I'll at least watch it. Yeah. Um I like uh, I like pale girls.